Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast, your favorite new age bashing podcast. I feel like we don't really have too much of a specific niche over here at Dangerous World, but if there was one, that would be it. It'd be bashing the new age, or I should call them today the fourth rank, because this is what they are. Before you laugh at me, before you think that I'm just hating on some people that are trying to be spiritual and peaceful and all this... Listen to what I have to say. Normally, I would tell people, you know, if you're a new ager, this isn't a podcast for you, blah, blah, blah. Today, I'm asking you, even if you disagree with that opening statement there, to listen. Listen to what I'm going to go through here. A lot of the information based off of the Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow book by, I'm not exactly sure about much of anything with this author, Constance Cumbly, or I'm sorry, Cumby, C-U-M-B-E. I recommend you check this out. I'm going to share the uh, PDF version that I'm reading here directly on the Patreon. Pretty easy for anyone to find this book if they want. And I'm basing a lot of the information off of this, but specifically, uh, which chapter was it here? Chapter 8, The New Age Movement. The Fourth Reich, question mark. Okay. Now, when I saw that, of course I'm going to be interested. Somebody like me that thinks that a lot of the shit that these people push is dangerous. It's inclusivity to a level that's cartoonish. It's utopian. A lot of the stuff that the Nazis pushed, right? The Nazis were going for a one-world order, and the Nazis were also going for a utopia, a socialist utopia for Germans, okay? There's a lot more similarities here, and actually at the end of this, I'm going to go through 30 similarities. I may not get through every single one, but I will share them all, again, on the Patreon. Wild, wild stuff. And, you know, I was actually struggling to find something that I was really passionate about getting into this week for the deep dive. You know, I like to do a deep dive a week. Uh, We do the uh, Conspiracy Underground News Team Show, or CUNT for short. Uh, And then we also do like, I'm I'm trying to do those uh, DWPs versus the internet where I'm going through shorter videos and sharing information about what I think and my thoughts on them. But I like to do the, the single deep dive a week. And this is where like you get your value from Patreon and all this stuff. You get the full episode over there. You get a lot of, uh, you know, hard-hitting information, as we like to say. This stuff blew my mind. You know, struggling to find something that I was passionate about this week. And I come across something on Instagram, actually, just kind of scrolling through that little magnifying glass section where it's like, discover new shit. And I see somebody kind of talking about this book. And it talks about the dangers of the new age. Now, I don't have time to read a book an entire book like this throughout the week. I mean, I don't know how exactly how many pages there are. I can double check. 263. There's no way I can read that this week, okay? So I skimmed over this, and I found a chapter that spoke to me, this New Age in the Fourth Reich, and it is incredible stuff. It really is very interesting. Now, going back to the title, Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, I spoke about the rainbow prison classification under Operation Bluebeam, according to Serge Manast, who is the guy that really brought this whole idea of Project Bluebeam to light. Project Bluebeam is not the simulated alien invasion. That's one out of four steps. It's actually the second step. Project Bluebeam is a method to get the entire world under one leader. It's all one conspiracy, folks. I mentioned this in that episode. There is not many conspiracies. There is not infinite conspiracies. There's not a a, a case to be made that conspiracies aren't real. There is one big conspiracy. And then, you know, over this 350 plus episodes that I've been doing, there's many facets to it. There's many different ways to cover the conspiracies and to get into different alternative information, if you want to call it that. I 
actually believe that the alternative information is the actual information, much like alternative history seems to be the real history, right? There's uh, motives, it seems, for a lot of these people that are out there at the high levels of society to change our history, right? Uh, A big one being like the flat earth stuff. Whether flat earth is an actual real thing or not, there is reason that the powers that be would want you to think that it's the opposite of whatever it is. Telling everyone that you're just floating on a microscopic rock, basically, when it comes down to it, floating on a microscopic rock through endless space, it makes you feel insignificant. It makes you feel like you have no connection to God and you're just here by chance. That's bullshit, okay? Now, you know that I'm not one of these people that hypes people up and says like, hey, you know, you're here for a purpose. You have, you, you, you're worth it. You know, I don't say that kind of stuff at all. But it is kind of true, right? It it is true. Everyone here has some sort of purpose. Even these homeless people on the road, they lost their way somehow. And a lot of people lose their way. And a lot of people have every opportunity in the world and they squander it away because of all the temptations of these satanic fucks that are out there trying to ruin our lives. It's what it is. Now, I want to get into this this, uh, chapter of this book. And I might revisit this on other occasions. Um, I've got like several different series that I'm working on, right? We did the music, we did the Hollywood. Um, This may be a new series that I'm working on just because, you know, I like, I don't like, you know, doing these eight part series. I did that with uh, MKUltra and it was an MKUltra and mind control encyclopedia that I was going through. And I did notice that people got tired of hearing about it for eight consecutive episodes, right? Still had some great listenership and all that stuff, but I, I want to make sure that I'm not pounding a topic too much into the sand without actually, um, you know, visiting some other things. There's constantly stuff going on, right? I mean, the stuff in Ohio is insane, and the lack of attention that it's getting from our federal government and this administration is laughable. It's why the United States really is the lacking stock of the world in 2023. Constantly shit going on. There's weird stuff with Ukraine, China, Russia, all this stuff. So it's tough to focus on something for eight weeks in a row, which is basically what I do with these deep dives. Now, With that being said, guys, this show does not operate without people supporting it, okay? I got to thank you so much to the people that support it on Patreon. Um, Had quite a few new signups this last month, and I appreciate it so much. The $3 tier gets you all the episodes. You get everything with the $3 tier. With that $5 tier, you get bonus content, you get video content, and you get some, like I said, just extra shit. The $10 tier is just if you love me, you want to talk to me, and then in the near future here, if you want to borrow soap a month, because we're, we're starting a conspiracy-themed, fully organic, actually edible soap, if you want to get weird with it, but no one's going to eat soap. This uh, I wouldn't recommend it, because you probably still will, will get the shits, but it's not going to kill you if you eat it. This is really healthy stuff, so... Um, we're gonna, we're gonna start adding in some more perks for those $10 people. So I appreciate every single one of you that do that. Patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. If you so choose to support the work over here. And if you like the message of the show and what the message of the show is, is that we're being lied to. We're being lied to by so many powerful people and we're trying to get down to the bottom of it in some cases. Now, sometimes we do fun episodes and we try to have fun constantly because, you know, if you're not having fun. I mean, life just isn't worth living in that case. So we do our best to do that over here. Um, What else do we have going on? Oh, DangerousWorldPodcast.com is the new merch store. And I encourage you guys to check it out. Like, uh, you know, I'm not getting a ton of profit from these shirts. The, the, you know, uh, individual shirts are more expensive. But it's because I'm going through a third party now. I want to eliminate those long shipping times and all this stuff. Sometimes it takes months for me to send stuff out. And um, then in some cases with the old store, I just wouldn't even get people's orders. It was real shitty. I'm not even going to mention the company that I did it with. If you visited the old website, you probably know who it was through. But this new company, Fourth Wall, is freaking awesome. Like, they're they're really cool. They seem to actually focus on the creators. So not trying to lecture here too much at all, but check them out. Um, not, not necessarily Fourth Wall, but check out my site there. And even if you're not interested in buying anything, just check it out. Like, uh, traffic the site. It, it helps me out. It helps... Uh, Helps me look good in their eyes, and they do some incredible work. I ordered samples. There's been people that have ordered shirts and hoodies and things, and I haven't heard any complaints. If there are complaints, share them with me for the folks that bought them, and uh, I'll ask them about it. You know, if, if the, the designs are, are chipping away on the shirt, 
um, because it's a different method that they use versus what I did. Let me know because I, I want to make sure that everything is uh, is good to go if I'm if I'm sticking with these people and I, I don't see any reason not to. Really, really cool company over there. Um, so again, dangerousworldpodcast.com. And um, I mean, that's it. You know, we, we got nothing else to get into here. I want to tell you guys about this stuff that I found within this book, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. Okay, it's it's wild, wild stuff. Again, if you think it's funny. If you think it's weird that I'm comparing the New Age to the Third Reich and I'm calling it the Fourth Reich here, hey, I'm not the only one. There's people much smarter than me that are doing this. Every once in a while, you get a gut feeling about something, and more times than not, your gut feeling is right, right? Um, unless you're just completely brainwashed and you want to virtue signal harder than your neighbor, if you're a critical thinker, your your gut is telling you the truth here. And this book describes how the New Age movement actually fulfills biblical prophecy and how similar the movement is to Hitler's Nazism here. Um, you've got the occultic roots, the nature of the religious philosophy at the heart of both this New Age movement and the Third Reich. Mostly like the mixing and mashing of religions and the you know heavy influence from Blavatsky and Bailey and all their stuff that they were pushing to try to form a one world order. I don't know if I mentioned this yet. But the One World Order is what the Nazis were trying to do, too. And they were starting in Europe, and they were focused on trying to get a One World Socialist Utopia, really for the Aryan Brotherhood, really for like the, uh, I don't know if they called it the Aryan Brotherhood back then, but people that were descendants of the Aryans. And believe it or not, the New Age actually bases a lot of their shit off of the Aryans as well, okay? So, again, even if, if everything in your being is telling you to, you know, th- what I'm saying is crazy, just listen. Listen to what I'm saying here, and it's going to make a lot of sense at the end of this episode. Um, there's a lot of powerful people really throughout history and really since World War II happened that have kept the information that the Third Reich held so close to them from coming out to the mass public. If you're a conspiracy theorist or you study what they call alternative history, again, I think that's real history, okay? If you study this alt history, you know about Hitler's obsession with the occult. Right. But most people just don't have a clue. Most people think he was just a crazy meth meth addict asshole that wanted to kill Jews. And it's as simple as that for some people. That's not the case. The guy was a was an evil genius. And I always make sure I say evil before, because if you say Hitler was a genius, they're like, whoa, what the fuck? And then they tune you out right away. The guy was incredibly intelligent. He just used his intelligence for nothing but bad. I mean, the guy caused a lot of pain. Um, I, I don't even want to get into the idea or the theory out there that the Holocaust was fake. There's some very interesting information with that. But for the sake of this, we're saying that the history that we've gotten is all 100% accurate. And we're just critically thinking here, okay? Um, we're not going down that rabbit hole of was the Holocaust real. We're just saying that it is here. Uh, that's a different episode for another day, which we will definitely get into. Trust me, I, I will touch that topic at some point, just not 100% comfortable doing it right now because that's how you get canceled. So we got to make sure that we got everything in place to approach it, you know, in that fashion. But, uh, it, you know, what's even less commonly known than his occult knowledge is that Winston Churchill and Franklin Delano Roosevelt also dabbled in the occult. I'm not sure if you knew that, but it is pretty factual. It's pretty well documented if you look into this, again, alt history and just imagine that for a second. Imagine that that Hitler and then Western leaders all had similar, very fringe interests. Isn't that weird? It's weird like back then when the Internet's not around that you've got people at high levels of society that are supposedly mortal enemies, right? That actually are very interested in the same topics. It's incredibly strange. It, it, it's almost too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. And I like this idea here that this book lays out, questioning if, quote, perhaps the same conspiring Luciferic spirit that induced Hitler to implement the darkest practices of occultism moved upon the Western powers to conceal the esoteric mysticism behind Nazism. Were they knowing participants of the portion of this plan revealed by Alice Bailey in the 1930s? Because remember, this is when she was coming up. Or were they part of a plan that indicates that the New World Order was necessary for total world domination by the Christ? Now, this is not Jesus. Their Christ is known as Maitreya. This is something that I spoke about 
in the Lucius Trust episode. By the way, I think episode 249, if I'm not mistaken, back in June. Um, the reason I would know in that area is because, like I said, it was such a, a huge episode for the show. And um, I'm proud of it. You know, the people that helped me with that, Shannon and Paranoid American, a big, big thanks to them because it was just such a huge way to kind of get this information out. Um, I, I really don't like the idea of a one world order, of a new world order. The new world order is the old world order rebranded. And you're going to see that's the same case here with the new age versus the third Reich. It's just the third Reich rebranded into the fourth Reich. That's all that it is. But with that being said, this Maitreya, this fifth incarnation of the Buddha, who they call the cosmic Christ, would be what Christians would actually call the devil or the antichrist, perhaps. Okay. Um, but getting back to to the the quote from the book here, um, you know, finishing off with, are they part of the plan to to you know put this new world order in place? The masters of wisdom would have to be established upon the foundations of a world badly traumatized by severe war. The full truth may never be known, okay? I'm going to be quoting from this book fairly often in this episode because there's just tons of information. But as always, I'd like to give my thoughts and and, um, opinions about all these things. Um, These masters of wisdom, it alludes to what Albert Pike spoke about with the, the Christians and the atheists coming together under a new religion that they've been terrified into submission over, right? I mean, they're all going to agree on something because you're desperately looking for a new world religious leader after this NWO or this OWO has supposedly proved that Christianity was built on lies along with all the other religions. Now, I, I say heavily, I say supposedly proving because they're going to use technology to supposedly, again, disprove Christianity. And it's total bullshit right? Um, And not only Christianity, but other religions. A lot of religions don't fall too far from the tree, right? Including Christianity. These things are all based off of something. I think that it's, it's really based upon like your connection to some kind of higher power, and it's supposed to be all good, versus what they're pushing seems to be very motive driven. It seems to be like they have selfish intentions of this. I would say it's all bad. It's, it's everything that goes against the idea of God. Whatever that idea of yours would be, it should be something fully positive, right? But yeah, they'll use this, like I said, this these artificial man-made technologies to do this. And I talked about the whole thing in the um, blue the blue beam uh, blueprint episode. I think it was episode 358 just a couple days ago that I released that. And I don't want you to get this whole thing confused here. Not every single new ager is a Nazi, but the people with high profiles pushing it are, whether they know it or not, they're Nazis. These people are pushing the Fourth Reich. And I'm sure there was a point when, you know, someone in Germany thought that they were getting involved with the good guys too, right? There's good guys that were Nazis. There's good guys that were in ISIS. There's good guys that were like literally just trying, actually Family family Guy does really funny uh, jokes about this where it's like, you know, like a Nazi coming home to his wife and kids and he's like, had a hard day at work. And he's like, yeah, we had to kill a lot of people. It was kind of rough. And they're like, what's for dinner? You know? And it's just like, uh, there's normal people that were sucked into doing this bad shit. Just like there's so many normal, good hearted people that were pushing these vaccines and pushing the lockdown of the people that didn't take the vaccines and saying, arrest the people that don't want to do those people aren't necessarily bad. They're just fucking brainwashed. To the point where, you know, when do you draw the line? When are, when is this person dumb and when are they an asshole? Because there's only two options there. You're not you're not like knowing what's going on and not an asshole. And you're not not knowing what's going on and not stupid. Because you have to pay the fuck attention to actually see what's going on. But at the same time, it's in your face. You can tell what is going on here. Now, with that being said... Um, you know, these, these Nazis that were signing up back then, they were signing up to help rid the world of filth and hate. They didn't know that they were creating the hate and the suffering themselves. They thought they were part of the solution, not the problem. And this is low levels in every organization, right? Whether it be, I mean, think of something. Name something that has a hierarchical structure, right? Freemasons even. Low-level Freemasons aren't bad guys, man. They're everyday people that are just trying to get into like charity work, and they're maybe they're trying to ascend through the ranks, and maybe they want some power, but these people don't have power yet, man. It's the highest levels of all these organizations, Catholics, right? Good 
everyday Catholics are just normal-ass people. Yeah, they're unknowingly worshiping the devil, but hey, they don't know that, right? They are trying to do what they think is right, what their parents taught them was right. Now, the Pope, on the other hand, is a satanic individual. Very much so. You can't tell me otherwise. This dude's evil. The people at the lower levels of all these organizations are usually pretty clueless, for the most part. So I'm not calling your new age friend a Nazi, and neither is this book, for that matter. But they they are very much playing into some pretty dark shit. And they seem to be attracted to the message of the movement which falsely claims love and light. This is, has been a thing that they've been talking about since, uh, you know, Madame Blavatsky's work, right? Love and light. And Alice Bailey, I think, is really the one that, that coined that term. I talked about this many times before. Some people uh, actually know that, that love basically means hate or evil, right? Love backwards is literally evil. It's, you know, it's spelled a little different, but light obviously being Lucifer in their religion. So when people are sitting there saying with love and light, they're unknowingly saying with evil and Lucifer. And it's how a lot of celebrities and like these high level influencers actually end their prayers. It's like the equivalent to Christians saying in Jesus name, right? We say in Jesus name, we pray amen. Or in Jesus name, amen. When you're praying, praying solo, these people a lot of times say, with love and light. It's such a positive message. It's so loving. What can be wrong with love and light, right? I just told you. You need to listen up if you already forgot that. The Kardashians use this in their posts a lot. You can actually go through and you can see posts uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, where the where uh, Kim specifically is saying love and light and all this shit. It's to sound overly positive, just like the Nazis were doing. They thought that they were the answer to the problems, Okay. The Smith family does this a lot, okay? Madonna, I know, does this too. A lot of the Kabbalist people, which, you know, it's Jewish mysticism, but then at the same time, it's like, you're, you're going against the Jews? What's going on here? So if you're using an organization analogy here, or maybe like a corporation, we'll say, because this is pretty easy to understand. I don't mean to pound this in because we've got a lot to get into. Use a corporation like Walmart, okay? You've got like the baggers, the stalkers, the clerks, all these everyday people who practice new age bullshit, Okay, in this in this analogy, the baggers and all this stuff, you don't blame them for the unethical business practices that Walmart as a corporation has kind of carried out since their inception. Right. I mean, they've gone into small towns and they've ran the, the mom and pop stores out of business in the name of cheaper prices. And a lot of people who are barely getting by because of the system that we're in, the beast system that we're in, they get sucked into paying the lower prices. Right, not caring, not thinking too much about that. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm not sitting here talking down to you. I've got a damn iPhone, okay? Anyone with a smartphone has capitalized off of child labor and some suffering to some great extent. We're all sucked into this, right? And we justify it in our heads by saying, "Oh, it's all, it's going to be fine." Blah blah blah. Like we're we're uh, we're not the ones doing it, you know. But we're all feeding it with our money and our tax dollars and all this stuff. We feed this system. So again, I'm not talking down to you. We're all part of this. We just need to figure out a better way. But back to this, um, you know, little analogy here that I'm using uh, with Walmart. You have the managers, which are a little higher up than like these, uh, you know, stockers and the the baggers and the now the Instacart shoppers and stuff that work there. You have the managers and these people with low level influence, like on social media. Okay, that would be their role in this. If if the New Age is a corporation. You've got the low-level influencers or some maybe some people with some spiritual podcasts, right? You know, I love those people. These people are out there pushing this shit, and they know a little bit more, you know, about what's going on. They've figured it out a little bit. they figured out the system, and they're moving up, just like the managers at Walmart. They're a little guilty, but they're not as guilty as higher levels because then you get the regional managers at Walmart, high-level management even, right? They have a pretty damn good idea of what's going on behind the scenes and how Walmart got to where it's at. Believe it or not, there are so many people that work at Walmart that have no idea how many fucking horrible things Walmart as a company's done, okay? High-level management and these regional managers there absolutely have to know what's going on. And yeah, they're not the brightest sometimes either. I've worked, I used to work with these people, you know, they're, I don't understand how they climb the ranks. But then with my Kardashian thing that I'm using here, why the hell is she famous, Right? If we're not going to get into the whole thing that she's a witch and her family, you know, sold out and all this stuff way before she was even born, what does she do? 
That makes her so famous. She sucked Ray J's dick. That's what got her famous. I mean, that doesn't make sense. People suck dick every day. They don't get as famous as the Kardashians, right? So, you know, the, the analogy here, I think, is very fitting. But then to finish this off, you have your CEO and you have your board of directors and all this stuff at Walmart. This is the, 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 these are the people that know exactly what is going on. With the New Age, this is like your Klaus Schwab's. This is your Rockefeller cronies. But we won't ever know who's at the very, very top of this, this whole New Age movement. We won't 100% know. It seems to be like the seal on the back of the dollar bill with the pyramid and then, you know, the splitting of, of the very, like the capstone is kind of separated, right? So, you know, it, it's just kind of, uh, it's just kind of fitting to me. I think that it, it, just like in every organization, you see people at the bottom that are just trying to, trying to work. They're trying to do what they think is right and provide an honest living for themselves and to feed their family and all this shit. But the people at the top know what's going on. So before we get into this, the full episode here, I want to make sure that I make that clear. And guys, with that, um, you know, we do these ads, we run these commercial breaks. We only get one here on this show. It's a mid-roll. If you don't like it, skip ahead a couple minutes. But I just wanted to give you guys, you're getting a little a quick commercial break here for just a couple minutes. And then we'll get back into the rest of the episode. Guess what? If you're a Patreon member, you don't hear any of these damn commercials. So I'm just getting right back into it after this. But be right back on the other side of these uh, commercials here. And we're back here. I just kind of wrapped up that whole Walmart, uh, you know, corporation analogy with the know nothings at the bottom of it, and then the very powerful kind of conspirators at the top. And I want to get back into this Hitler comparison and this Third Reich comparison. Now, this is kind of loosely translated from this book, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. And while still, you know, a little kid, Hitler actually was initiated, and you're going to hear that word come up quite a bit in this episode. He was initiated into the finer mysteries of the occult. He attended the school called Benedictine Monastery. Uh, I'm sorry, Monastery. And this is a school near his German home. And uh, the abbot in charge was fascinated by the lore of the Cathars. Okay, so the Cathars could basically be classified as early New Agers in that they believed that man could gain powers of God. If they, you know, enlighten themselves or they exercise their consciousness to a certain extent, the Cathars believed they could get to that point. And I'm not going to lie, I was very interested in the Cathars when I had first heard about them. The uh, Cathars were like an enemy of the Vatican. Any enemy of the Vatican has the potential to be a good guy, in my opinion. Now, the occult interest that Hitler gained in this school stayed with him through his entire adult life and helped him to really shape his future spiritual philosophy. There's that word, spiritual. You got to love it. You got to love when Hitler is being spiritual. I know that not everyone bad is, you know, everyone spiritual is bad like this, but I could just sit here. I see so much similarity with some of these people that are pushing pushing spirituality. I can see a lot of similarities to Hitler without this book. It's just like, follow me. There's a great movie out there. I love, you know, talking about movies. And uh, shout out to Drew Misson from uh, Missing the Point and then also Conspiracy Theater 3000, I think, is their their new show. He, he gave me a shout out for that conspiracy movie. That's a great idea that they're doing, taking movies with conspiracy themes and then talking about them. Um I'm not sure if they talk over the movie or if they, uh, you know, just give their thoughts like on a scene by scene basis or whatever. It's a great idea. I really thrive in a situation like that. So if you guys need uh, somebody to help you out with an episode, I've got movies all day. But there's this movie out there called um, Sissy, it's called. And it's uh, all about this stuff. The girl acts like she's very spiritual, very grounded, has a lot of, uh, you know, seems like one of the TikToks I would hate out there, even though, you know, I don't traffic TikTok ever. But, you know, she's filming herself meditating and saying, you know, connect with the earth. And then she gets invited to a friend's house and kills everybody there, but then ends up making herself actually look like she was under attack at the end, not to spoil it, but it's a, it's an incredible movie. And I think it really personifies the spiritual community out there. It is. I mean, it's what it is, but getting back into this here, um, when Hitler was in Vienna trying to become an architect and an artist, what a better world we'd be in if that's what he ended up sticking with. 
He spent his spare time furthering his occult knowledge by reading books and meditating. Now, meditating is a good thing. I'm not sitting here saying don't meditate, don't, uh, you know, release, you know, yourself. I'm not not even going to act like I meditate, but, you know, don't, don't, uh, I'm not sitting here bashing meditating. I, I know that it helps people. I think when you're consumed by it and when you're telling other people to meditate without even really mastering it yourself, I think it gets weird really quick. When you're spending, you know, half your day meditating or multiple days meditating. There's a UFC fighter that supposedly spent three days in a dark closet to work with his demons, he said. Weird. Uh, you know, he's uh, he doesn't speak very good English, so it's kind of interesting hearing him say things. He also talks about waking up at 3 a.m. and working with your demons at 3 a.m. Strange, but, uh, you know, most people don't catch on to that. Oftentimes... When people are searching for spiritual enlightenment through meditation, they feel the need to use drugs and to speed up this enlightenment process. If you're not just meditating to like release the stress from your body and you're actually meditating trying to elevate yourself, you can't do it fast enough. So you're going to use drugs, right? And it's actually really well known that a lot of these older mystics and modern day mystics too use like psychedelic drugs they use mescaline a lot of the time i mean uh you know we'll, we'll get into a few people here um today you see a lot of people using weed they use shrooms they use lsd maybe a little dmt or something and they mix this with like sensory deprivation which joe rogan touts a lot um that is very very closely linked to psychosis if you're not someone that is 100% ready for that shit you're gonna go crazy you're going to lose your damn mind on DMT and a sensory deprivation tank. So it's goofy that people out there with so much influence that seem like they're, you know, against the system are pushing this, man. It, it's wild. Um, these mystics will also use heroin. And it's very, very commonly used among these types. Hitler was a drug addict, too. He liked a lot of meth. Before that, Hitler, just like Aleister Crowley, used mescaline to achieve this higher consciousness. And he sped up the whole process. And it's something he called higher consciousness, but I think oftentimes when people are accessing higher consciousness, all that they're doing is they're getting influenced by demonic entities, okay? doesn't matter uh, if you're Christian or if you're Jewish or if you're Islamic or whatever. I mean, a jinn is a demonic entity, right? And that's not a Christian entity at all. There's all kinds of demonic entities that trans transcend religion. Um, I guess not religion, but they transcend Christianity, I'll say. Now, you know, Hitler wanted to learn about his destiny. He wanted to learn what he was meant to do in this life, just like so many people are forced into today. A lot of people don't want to just feed the beast system and they want to try to figure out their purpose. And I think that that's good. But when you start accessing these other methods, it gets dark very, very quickly. One of these other methods here is known as the Akashic Record. Now, if you haven't heard of the Akashic Record, it's sort of a strange version of historical and future events uh, to grossly simplify it. I'll actually get into a little bit uh, greater detail here. And Hitler wanted to learn about his destiny. It's what a lot of people claim when they try to access these Akashic Records. And Christians actually call the Akashic Records a demonic uh, way to access, you know, higher spiritual planes or whatever. And I'm always hesitant to use the word demonic so liberally or satanic or Luciferian or whatever. But you do have a guy, Rudolf Steiner, citing the Akashic record in his journal titled Lucifer Gnosis. So, I mean, it kind of it seems like it at least ties in with the whole new age Lucifer is the good guy, Satan's the same version of that guy, but also the bad guy. It's strange. Now, if you want to kind of know what Alice Bailey, uh, who's kind of like the the godmother of this, if if not, you know, Helena Blavatsky, if you want to know what she thinks about the Akashic Record, she says that it's like an immense photographic film registering all the desires and earth experiences of our planet, period. Those who perceive it will see pictured thereon the life experiences of every human being since time began, the reactions to the experience of the entire animal kingdom, the aggregation of the thought forms of the karmic nature based on desire of every human unit throughout time. Only a trained occultist can distinguish between actual experience and those astral pictures created by imagination and keen desire. 
uh, every time this bitch talks, it's like, what does that mean? It, you know, she's a bullshit artist, really. But she also is tapping into some pretty dark stuff. I'm I'm torn with her. Is she fully full of shit or just like 25% full of shit? It's tough. She definitely has some profound work and she is I'm not taking it away from her that she's not a a a genius comparable to Hitler. So obviously an evil genius. I think what she stands behind is is evil. Uh, 100% evil. Um I actually talked with um the guys from Grimerica about this a little bit and it was really nice of them to have me on on their show. They are on the other side. They feel like it's more complex with Alice Bailey. I think that she's a, a, a you know new age chaos candidate, and I think that she probably agrees with Hitler on a lot of things. So um, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. Again, this isn't like a beginner conspiracy theory shit. This is pretty deep stuff. So you know wherever you stand on it, I mean you know you may not agree with me, but this is uh, in my opinion this is incredibly dark. I think that they're they're trying to access low magic, dark magic, black magic, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't seem like their end goal is a peaceful society. It's a utopia. Don't get me wrong. It is a utopia. A utopia being a place which does not exist. That's the Greek term for utopia. Uh, or the Greek definition, rather. These people are trying to go after something that's just unattainable. It's not. It's not possible without complete control. And by control, we're talking a slave system here. So, again, when when she describes things, it, it gets more confusing for me. I, I laid that out there so that maybe you could uh, kind of understand it because everyone thinks different. But basically, the Akashic Record is just every single thing, thought, uh, action, everything from here to the past to the future. So interesting stuff. There's a lot of people that talk about this and a lot of people that are much, much more knowledgeable about it than I am. But when you start tying Lucifer into it, you start tying, uh, you know, Alice Bailey and the Lucius Trust and all these other bullshit things. I tend to, and when I say bullshit, I mean like dark negative things. I tend to think that it is um, potentially a demonic method to accessing the spiritual realm here. So Hitler using this Akashic record had established some sort of communication with uh, Lucifer, who he had actually openly coveted possession from. I mean, he wanted Lucifer to possess him, basically. And I found this next bit very, very interesting here. I guess studies have shown that mind expansion drugs and transcendental meditation, as well as you know other types that require the emptying of the mind, actually produce the same type of side effects, including flashbacks, and delusions of grandeur. Okay, so if you're using like LSD and all this shit, or or uh, in this case mescaline, you're going to feel like you're accessing the Akashic Record. It's kind of uh, almost seems like a prerequisite. I don't think that people can like actually access this quote-unquote Akashic Record without using drugs. I could be wrong. I'm not acting like I'm, I'm an expert on the Akashic Record. But it seems like you can be very easily confused when you're using mind, mind-altering mind drugs, mind-expanding drugs, as they say. And you could feel like you are uh, some kind of grandiose being or, or some kind of messianic figure, which is obviously dangerous. I don't think that, that merits much discussion. But you see this a lot. You see this with all kinds of leaders of different movements, right? Uh, whether it is something as small as the podcasting world or this like conspiracy podcast world, right? There's people that try and make groups, uh, you know, and get everyone thinking and they, they want to be the leader of it and, you know, all this shit. And then there's people at like high levels of society that I think suffer from this same messianic complex that is just total bullshit. It's just the drugs, people. It's it's not, God's not talking to you. I don't even think really the devil's talking to you. I just think that you're probably batshit fucking crazy. And I've dealt with people like this. And they have issues. They have serious issues. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it's it's interesting to think about. I think this is why a lot of these new age people, just like Hitler and just like the Third Reich high rollers and all this stuff, think that their shit doesn't stink. Because they actually think in their own head that their thoughts are coming from some outside force of some kind, right? If you spend a lot of time trying to empty your mind and and sit there, uh, you know, without a bunch of thoughts in your head constantly, and then you get a thought 
quote-unquote beamed into your head, you're going to think that that's coming from a higher plane of, of consciousness. It's not. You're just having a thought. It's normal. It's human to have thoughts. And a lot of thoughts are wrong. I actually think this is why, like, so many, you know... ADD people and, you know, critical thinkers and people that, that their minds are constantly running. I think this is why so many of them suffer from self-esteem issues. Because um, when you're thinking about shit constantly, you know, half your, at least half your thoughts are going to be just stupid and wrong. But then when you're sitting there and you're meditating and then you get a thought, you think, oh, this is, this is it. This, I, I'm, I, I'm genius. I, I'm surprising myself right now. It's wild. Um I do think the people that are consumed with meditation are the opposite of these, you know, critical thinkers. I think that, you know, they're they're they feel like they're connected to a higher power in some kind. And that's ego-driven shit. They're narcissists. That's all that they are. And what's interesting about this idea is that Hitler actually suffered from side effects of prolonged meditation and drug abuse, both. Um he would meditate a lot. He would sit there, and then when he would get a thought, he would act on it. Maybe deep down in his subconscious, he hated Jews for whatever reason, even though he might have been Jewish. Hated, uh, you know, Jews. And then he gets the idea, well, hey, we can kill all these people. And then he thinks that's a great idea. And then he starts calling himself the Fuhrer and all this shit, right? It's ego. It's narcissism. It's It's exactly what I said. So... You know, I don't know. I, I think if uh, it's okay to to have like this overload of thought going through your head, I think that it's actually quite healthy to to have a bunch of thoughts in your head. And if you can't figure out a method to quiet it, that could be dangerous, right? Exercise. You know, don't just sit in a fucking dark room, you fucking weirdo. Like, get out there, exercise, do something that that makes you feel good. If you say that you can't exercise because your knees are bad or your back's bad or your whatever, you're too fat to run walk. I mean, it's easy. God gave us two legs and he, you know, if you, if you can't exercise, I don't know, God help you. Cause everyone can exercise in some sense. Um, since I've been exercising, I actually feel a big difference in like my thoughts racing and stuff like that. It seems to be a very, very beneficial thing, much more so than just sitting in a dark room and trying to empty your mind. God gave us this brain to think, right? It's not just to sit there and empty it out so that other things can occupy it. Uh, it's such backwards thinking to me, and I'm glad that this book lays this out so well. Um, I will actually quote uh, the book here with the, uh, you know, again, the, the Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. Both Nazism and the New Age movement are political, spiritual entities based on the same esoteric foundations, the supposed secret doctrine which has been the base of all pagan religions and at the base of esoteric Christianity. And Christianity is in quotes here. I don't know exactly what that means, why it's in quotes. Perhaps the secret doctrine might be best summarized as being the antithesis of the Judeo-Christian beliefs. The secret doctrine glorifies Lucifer and all the practices condemned in the Bible. I mean, the secret doctrine supposedly glorifies the pre-flood world, right? Which, according to the Christian works out there, like the Bible... It says that the, the world was full of demonic influence and actually a lot of people in contact with demonic entities, a lot of people probably meditating, a lot of people doing this in an obsessive manner. Again, balance. If you enjoy meditating and you're like, Ryan, you're crazy, dude. You, you're like, I meditate every day for 15 minutes and it really helps me uh, feel at peace. Good. Do it. But there's some people that tell you to meditate for hours a day. And that, frankly, there's also people that tell you to go to church for multiple hours a day. There is a social aspect to church that I think could be very, very beneficial, uh, much more beneficial than spending multiple hours alone. That's actually a uh, method that they use in prisons, which, you know, solitary confinement. It's meant to be a punishment. Locking yourself in a dark room for many, many hours and, and uh, you know, talking with your demons and working with your demons seems to be a punishment. It seems to be a net negative for you versus, you know, I could see the benefit to going to church. I personally can't stand church. I think it's very, very frustrating to go and I feel like I'm forced to go when I go. There's a lot of people I know that actually look forward to it every week because of the social interaction and the good things that they get from it. Not for me, but I'm not bashing anyone that wants to go to church for several hours, even though I don't get it, right? 
Um, I am, in fact, bashing people that want to meditate for hours a day. That is fucking weird. Get a life, you freak. It doesn't make any sense, okay? Um, and I think that what you're doing, like I said, is actually bad. You might think that it's good and it might feel good when you're done. You might feel like you accomplished something. Try and go out and run for that amount of time instead of sitting on your ass with no thoughts in your head. Seems dangerous to me. But for these people that seem to go against the Bible and they hate the Bible so much, they kind of like hang on to the words from it and just do the opposite, right? Um, as I mentioned, they kind of, you know, prop up the idea of the pre-flood world when these, you know, all kinds of people are in contact with the devil and demonic influence and all this shit. It's strange, okay? Now, you have this this version for the New Ages, this version of the Bible, which is called the Secret Doctrine. I mentioned it. And they refer to these pre-flood days as the story of Atlantis. So check this out here. This is very, very strange to me. The Bible says that the spiritual entities here that were, that were you know, any kind of spiritual entities, I, I don't want to throw any names out there, but these spiritual entities basically bred with humans and these spiritual entities are referenced in the story of Atlantis. And the secret doctrine claims that one of those races was the Aryans, the same Aryans that the, that the, the freaking Nazis idolized, right? And... The secret doctrine also says that the Aryans were the superhumans of the days of Atlantis. So they're both idolizing the fucking Aryans, right? They're putting them up on a pedestal. There's six other um, Atlantean races, I guess. You've got the Mongols, the Akkadians, the Toltecs. Uh, some of these are strange to pronounce here. The uh, Turanians, the Telvatli, and the Remorals. But you have those Aryans who are at the top. And what supposedly distinguished these Aryans from the rest of, of society in their day in Atlantis, the pre-flood era, was their intellect, okay? They used to have supernatural powers, but I guess they had to give these uh, powers up in order to continue evolving their minds and their consciousness and, like, their psychic powers, right? Um, so, you know, they got this knowledge from... Godmen, supposedly, who stressed to them that they were to protect their elite bloodlines at all costs. And these ones who were educated by these godmen also lost their spiritual connection to their creator, right? They weren't able to to have this spiritual connection to the creator the way that these other, these, these Toltecs and these Mongols and these Akkadians and these other ones were able to, right? So that's an interesting concept. The people at the top of society or the beings at the top of society lost what made them connect to God, but they were able to have larger consciousness, higher consciousness, right? To remedy this deficiency uh, and see that psychic powers were not lost from the Aryan race, the process of initiation was developed by their supposed masters. An initiation became the prerequisite for leadership in Aryan society. That's, that's, I mean, that's pretty interesting. As only the initiates or adepts could communicate with the so-called supreme men or higher powers who were needed to give direction to the race. Pretty fucking interesting here, right? I mean, we're, we're starting to get into some strange stuff. So... My question is, is this why there are so many secret societies and every high-level politician seems to be affiliated with these societies? Is there actually some knowledge here that, that is based off of this idea of Aryan supremacy, right? You know, the Aryan Brotherhood seems to be just built off of, like, hate, right? There's no, I, I don't see too many Aryans that are out there that are like, no, dude, you don't understand. They were communicating with higher entities. They they just, I mean, the Aryan Brotherhood realistically probably just wants to kill Jews, Right. I don't think that these are intellectual prison gangs that are out there that, uh, you know, <laughs> that that's wild to me. But this is what it actually is based off of. Do these people have some sort of secret knowledge that are at the top of society? And that's why the everyday worker is just, I mean, maybe we're not able to access this stuff, right? We, we can't possibly attain the level of consciousness that these people at the tops of society have because of their bloodlines. Is this why? I mean, I don't know for sure, but it sure would make sense to me, especially if you, you know, subject yourself to the idea that there are good and evil forces trying to win control over the masses. It makes sense. And if we're talking about bloodlines here, 
that would trump race, right? Bloodline would trump race for sure. You could have a, a black-looking person that has the same blood as, oh, I don't know, say uh, Prince Harry, right? And she would, you know, even though she's like the 13th or 21st cousin, I forget, she would be able to marry into this family even though she looks kind of black. And uh, she's, I mean, she's pretty hot looking too. But, you know, you know what I'm getting at here. This doesn't make, uh, the racism thing doesn't make sense. It seems that racism is a more contrived problem among people. It's forced on us like a lot of our culture is. A lot of our likes and dislikes are unknowingly and subconsciously forced onto us from higher powers. But this bloodline thing, it seems very, very important to them. The ever-present, all-knowing them. It seems like the bloodline trumps racism, as I said. The inferior races in their eyes stem from inferior bloodlines. And this is where the genocide comes in. These elite people, right, they deliberately pit us against each other with race because we, as low consciousness beings, are able to see race. You can see a different race person in front of you. You can't really tell someone's bloodline without the technology to read that, right? We don't have that ability yet. So we get pissed off about, you know, people that look different than us, and and we don't get pissed off about these elite bloodlines, right? I'm sure you've heard of the 13 bloodlines, right? I mean, the you know, the queen potentially being connected with like the Rockefellers and all these things, the Bushes being connected to them and all these. We don't really pay attention to that. We just see at the top, we see white people at, at, the, at the head of society and, and, you know, other races get mad about that. Man, we, we don't really talk about the high rollers in Africa and, and, you know, Latin America and all this shit. All these people are connected, Right? I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Putin and Zelensky are actually like related in some way. There's no proof of that. But if they came out tomorrow and there was someone that was saying that, I, you know, my response would be, it sounds about right, right? It's bloodline shit that has nothing to do with how you look or your race. It's all about bloodlines with the New Agers, with the Nazis, with high levels of society. That's what they care about here. According to this theory which really goes beyond theory at this point, in my opinion. I think I've laid that out hopefully well enough for you. Hitler wanted to kill Jews because he believed that they were from God's chosen people, right? They were God's chosen people. These bloodlines that the Jews carried on were different than the Aryan bloodline that I don't know if he thought he was a part of necessarily, but he wanted to prop up. But if you're going to start looking into Jews being uh, you know, God's chosen people, This is to quote this book again here. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, St. Paul specifically said that all uh, distinctions, even between Jew and Gentile, were abolished. There's no chosen people anymore after Jesus died, right? So sorry, Jews, if you're out there thinking that you're chosen, that's not the case anymore. There's no distinction between Jew and Gentile anymore. Where the doctrine prevails that all men are created in the image of God. All men, not just Jews, not just any any group. All men are created in the image of God. It's hard to maintain racism and anti-Semitism, okay? Where the doctrine abounds that men have evolved from differing root races, which is another concept that the New Agers really push, is the root races. And this is actually a potential episode in the future, these root races. It's wild. Supposedly, there, there was like a migration to Mercury, of these root races, according to these crazy fucking people. Who knows if it's real or not. But um, to, to go back just a bit, where the doctrine abounds that all men have evolved from differing root races and are at varying stages of evolutionary development, it becomes easy to justify classification and discrimination. Final solutions become the logical next step if you believe in root races, okay? These are these psychotic lizard people motherfuckers that think that we come from root races, even though, you know, if you believe in Jesus, there's no difference in any type of person, right? I mean, which is kind of interesting because if you start thinking about like United States being a a Christian nation, uh, why why did we have slaves supposedly, right? I mean, it's, it's just strange. So that's a different rabbit hole to get into, but... This is this is just a total bullshit idea that that people coming from different bloodlines are superior to others, but they hold on to that, right? This is why all fucking presidents are related, all world leaders seem to be related in some way, right? It's an interesting idea. This was never God's plan to do all this. 
Nations were punished for idolatry and infanticide, not for their blood strains. Okay? Blood strains is nothing anymore. It's 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 an obsolete way, it's an old, old way that's outdated to punish people. You punish pedophiles, you punish baby killers, you punish people that worship false idols. Right? I mean, that's kind of what it is. So it's an interesting idea. Again, I mean, I, I'm starting to sound more and more Christian all the time because it just makes fucking sense. It makes a lot of sense to me as I look through this stuff. Now, despite what I've laid out so far, you know, with the, the similarities from like a foundational standpoint, and trust me, it's going to get very, very clear towards the end and really at the very end. Um, there are some things that the New Agers do that's like reversed from the Nazis you know, the Nazis were going after uh, the Jews and the gypsies and all these groups. Their plans were to go after the Christians after they were done exterminating the Jews. The New Agers want to go after the Christians first because you can't criticize Jews anymore because of what Hitler did, right? He kind of fucked that up for the New Agers. Want they, they, These New Agers want to go after the Christians first, which we see. I talk about it all the time that it seems like Christians are heavily persecuted, more so than any other group. And then you can also see this in the Jewish population from the New Age as well, because they don't like the Judeo-Christian uh, relationship, right? Like they don't like this whole, uh, this, this whole thing here. So after they, they exterminate Christians, they want to come after Jews. They want to go after Jews too. Um it's pretty clear, it seems. And again, I've got this 30, this 30 similarities thing that, that will kind of lay that out pretty well here. And so before I get into all those similarities there, I've got a really, really damning quote from Alice Bailey written what it seems to be. She wrote this in the last year of her life, in 1949. A lot of people that are kind of on her side and think that she is just like a prophetic mind and, you know, this hero of the New Age and all this stuff, think that she wrote it in the 20s or the 30s before the World War II situation, the Holocaust and all this stuff pans out, doesn't seem to be the case. Seems like she wrote this in, like I said, the last year of her life, four years after World War II ends, um horrible stuff that she says here um, just to kind of paint the picture that just like the Nazis, the New Agers do not like the Jews. So she says this in Esoteric Healing, which came out much later. Today, the law or karma is working and the Jews are paying the price factually and symbolically for all that they've done in the past. Factually and symbolically, they stand as they have ever chosen to stand for separation. And she actually says that uh, separation is what evil is, basically. So evil in her mind is separating or isolating yourself. Being a nationalist is, is evil because they want a one-world society, right? They regard themselves as the chosen people and have uh, an innate consciousness of that high destiny, forgetting their symbolic role, and that it in that it is humanity which has chosen people and not one small unimportant fraction of the race, the human race. They demand the so-called restitution of Palestine, wresting it away from those who have inhabited it for many centuries, and by their continued emphasis upon material possession, they lose sight of the true solution. The problem is one to which the Jews themselves must make the larger contribution. They have never yet faced candidly and honestly as a race the problem of why the many nations from the time of the Egyptians have neither liked nor wanted them yet they must be some uh, there must be some reason inherent in the people themselves when they uh, when the reaction is so general and universal so she's saying right here that there's a reason why Jews have been hated since the dawn of time it's it's very very strange shit to come from an individual that's supposedly leading a very loving movement right um, you would think that Hitler is the one saying this stuff, but it's, in fact, Alice Bailey. Their demand has been for the Gentile nations to put the matter right, and many Gentiles have attempted to do so, until, however, the Jews themselves face up to the situation and admit that there may be, for them, the working out of the retributive aspect of the law of the cause and effect. Uh, this is basically the law of karma here. And until they endeavor to ascertain what it is in them as a race 
which has initiated their ancient and dire fate, this basic world issue will remain as it is and as it has been. Well, everybody, thanks as always for listening. If you want to get the full version, you know what to do. Head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. And over there in this episode, I talk about the more of the similarities, actually. Get into the specific list where you can't tell if it's Nazis or New Agers talking about any given topic at the end of this episode. Very interesting stuff. And there's over 150 other episodes that you can check out, too. So thanks for your support, and I hope to see you there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.